The more I love my life. The Fake Show podcast is sponsored by the law firm of Hutchison and Stephan, North Fifth Brewing Company, Threads of Envy, The Tone Factory Recording Studios, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, and by Mr. Antenna. Now your host, Jim Tofty. Brilliant producer, musician, and recording artist Narada Michael Walden has been nominated for eight Grammy Awards, winning three and lifting so many artists to new heights like Whitney Houston, Aretha Franklin, Mariah Carey, Lionel Richie, and many, many more. Now, Narada has his own solo album that includes collaborations with Sting, Carlos Santana, and Stevie Wonder. Narada Michael Walden is on the line right now in Los Angeles. Hey, Jim. Good morning. Narada, welcome. Congratulations on your new, your newest solo album, Euphoria. Uh, must be uh, great to have this ready to go. Yes, man. I'm very happy to be here talking to you and having this. This, this, this is like a miracle to have all these great people on one song coming out at this time. It's fantastic. I was just going to ask you about the guest list on the album, which is incredible. Stevie Wonder, Sting, Carlos Santana. Do you just call those guys up on the phone and say, hey, come on over? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, they are friends, and I can't call them. So that, that I want to say, is, is, is partially true. Right. I'm very happy to have, over the years, met these great people through the love of music. We all love our music. We're like kids with music. And so we, we celebrate with music. And then I have friendship with them, so they, they do me a favor. Carlos I've known since 1973. He did me a favor to come and play on this song and just rock this, rock this sock. Play the guitar like I've never heard him play on this song. And then I went to New York to meet Sting. Because I do the, the Rainforest shows over there. We did 13 concerts where I'm the music director. And I asked him to come in early, and he flew in from Moscow to meet me at Jimmy Hendrix's studio in, in the village. And he came down there and just sang his heart out. And it was so incredible. I was like, damn, Sting, thank you so much, you know? Uh-huh. But then I went over to, to Los Angeles, where Stevie lives, at Capitol Studios, where Frank Sinatra recorded. Oh, man. Becky you know, Cole recorded, Steve Martin, that great building. Beach Boys, Beatles. Stevie wanted to bring in a whole box of harmonicas, and he picked out the right harmonica for the right key, and he learned the theme that he, that he played on the, on the intro. And then on the ending, I said, just just go crazy and do what you want with, with Carlos playing on the ending. And he played the most most incredible harmonica I've ever heard him play on this record. Man, you went crazy. I've heard the song, and, you know, it's not like I should be surprised at how great they are, but just how great they are at this time of their lives. Everybody sees Carlos here in Vegas uh, playing his residency. We know how great he still is, but to hear Stevie Wonder playing like he was on this song, it's really a great song, and it's very, it's a very uplifting song with you and Sting trading vocals. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. I really love you that you're so insightful to see all this and, and appreciate it because it's a lot of love. It's a lot of love. And I'm really happy that we can have this have a miracle happen, which is unusual. I don't think it's ever happen again in my lifetime. Have these three great stars on, on one song with me. Uh, yeah, and I can I can hear it in your voice. I mean, you've had so many great moments over the years, but it's almost like a pinch me moment, isn't it, to know that these guys are on yeah. this project of yours? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I... I, I there's something about, you know, you know, it's God's hour, the timing of things. The timing is right now as we go through really trying to uplift our world from war, from, you know, environmental concerns, and just want to inspire the, the, the children of the world, inspire the people of the world, inspire everybody. You know, I don't take playing music for granted at all. I'm still a big kid, and I just want to really make sure I'm doing my very best 
I'm 71 years old now. I feel young at heart. I want to make sure while I'm still sexy, I'm kicking the jam. <laughs> I'm going to feel the love, you know. <laughs> That's very well said. I, uh, you know, I know that you had played with uh, Journey recently. I talked to Neil Schoen um, not too long ago about that, and this was after Steve Smith stepped away, their dr- longtime drummer, and you have since stepped away as well. There's a lot of material to learn when you're in Journey, isn't there? Oh man, it was mind blowing. Like I learned the first eleven songs, first thir- twelve, thirteen things, but no, man, they got they got like. 20 more. So, oh <laughs> uh-huh. my God, I couldn't do it all. I needed to bring in Dean Casanova to help me to learn that, that music. And then when Dean came, we sounded so good together. It was like two drummers playing Journey, like an army of drummers. The sound was awesome. And Dean is a groover. So we just locked onto each other, man, and just put the parts together. And I'm so pleased to have nine shows with Journey that were stellar. And in particular, the one in, out in Chicago for Lollapalooza with yes. 125,000 people out there. Yeah. I was like, Damn, man. I mean, that was during COVID. But they didn't care. They wanted to come hear that music, you know? And we gave it to them, man. We rocked them hard. And Journey is an intense band. And Steve Smith, I give him so much love because he played so great with those cats. You know, you can't just come behind him. He did so much miracle work on those drums that, you know, you can do your very best to memorize it all and do your best to play it all. But, man, you got to really bring your heart and your soul. Because Journey's like a movement. Journey's an adventure and and, and just keeping people excited. That music, don't stop believing, all those hits they've had. The other side of it is you're a family man, and they still tour like crazy, don't they? So that made it a little more difficult for you. Yes, man, that's when I really realized, you know, I really couldn't do it on a long-term basis. I have so much love for Neil, John, and Randy Jackson, all my cats on the album. I did, like I said, nine shows, but then my wife was, was killing me. <laughs> I got a nine-year-old girl named Kelly, eight-year-old girl named Kayla, and a uh-huh. five-year-old boy named Michael. So I had to be home, man. See, we don't hear about that side of it too often. I, I appreciate that honesty. And by the way, how are Jonathan and Neil getting along these days, or at least the last days that you were with them? Because there's been a little bit of intensity between the two. Well, you know, it's so funny. When I hit the stage with those guys, it's all love because the music take, takes over. But I didn't really see too much behind the scenes because I'm all, at that time when I was with them, I was really just focusing on learning my 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 songs and learning my role. Right. I was doing my thing and just doing my very best live. And when the music hits, it's all love. Beyond that, I don't really know too much because I really didn't want to delve too much. That it wasn't my business. My thing was just do my best with that music, which is my was my job. Um, going back a few years, what was that time like working with Whitney? Because you were there really at the beginning, weren't you? Yes, I sure was, brother. In fact, I want to say, I met Whitney when she was 11 years old on my first solo album, Garden of Love Light. Tommy Dowd, my co-producer, brought in Sissy Houston, her mom, to sing backing. And they brought this little beautiful 11-year-old girl who sat in the corner watching the session. That's when I first met wow. Whitney. But then when I got a call from Jerry Griffith from Eris Records, uh, which she's about 19 now, I'm, I'm working on a Rita Franklin's album, the Freeway of Love album, and he says, you know, make time to do it with the Houston. I said, no, I turned it down. I said, I can't do it now. He said, no, no, you got to make time. This is Whitney Houston. She'll be a big star. And you know and you know her mother's sissy. I was like, oh, man, okay. So then I got together the song, How Will I Know, for the great writers, George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam. I added some verses to it because they had no verses. And I cut it with my great Randy Jackson, my great team of Carlo Rizzi at guitar, uh, Dave, Dave Frazier, my engineer, all my cats, Preston Glass, Walter Asanavia, Frank, Frank Martin. And we put it down in a, in a matter of hours in San Francisco. 
And I called Whitney on the phone. I said, can you sing high? She said, yeah, I can sing high. I said, yeah, because I'm going to make the first line. There's a boy. I know. He's the one I dream of. Really high. Yeah. I said, yeah, I can do that. I said, okay. So I, I left San Francisco with a tape in my hand and went to New York City to go meet her at Media Sound. And when she walked in, my jaw dropped. She was so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, fine. Her cheekbones, her eyes, her, everything about her was so beautiful. And she went by the microphone, put the headphones on, and she knew the song and just blew it down. I mean, like the way you're hearing on the record, just blew it down. I was like, oh, my God. The world is going to be, like, taken by storm by this girl. I mean, I'd never felt it before. I'm already working with a lot of artists, but I never felt like that kind of power. And so I met with Whitney. In the control room where I was sitting, and she heard the playback. She was like, can you hear that? I was like, yeah, I hear that. She was so confident in what she was hearing and what she was doing. So I said, bring your mom down, sing background. Her mom came down immediately. And I threw Whitney in with her mother to sing the background of How Will I Know. And that was the sound. Then we got the saxophone on it. And we mixed it right that same day. Got it all done. Turned it into Clive Davis and everybody. They're all happy. So I'm just saying, man, I just knew there was a, a big thing that was going to happen for her career. And then we went on to make the second album. Uh, you know, I Want to Dance With Me Loves Me. It's so emotional. Where Do Working Hearts Go? Even the third album, All Men I Need. The Olympic theme song, One Moment in Time, and then Bodyguard. I'm a woman. So much music with Whitney Houston. Higher Love. So much great stuff I've done with her. I adore her. And I, I miss her. I miss her tremendously. She works with me every day. I talk to her in spirit. It was in heaven. I talk to all my friends, Clarence Clemens, all of them. They're in heaven. I talk to them. You've worked with some great ones, that's for sure. And it's yeah. cool to hear that story of you there right at that moment where she walks in and you hear her voice for the first time. Well, your wonderful new album, Euphoria. Are you going to have any opportunity to uh, to do any dates before I let you go here? I don't know about that. I can't say yes, but yet I'd love to. I, I, can, I can play my drums. I can put a band together. Maybe that's for next, next, next year's spring. We can kind of move out and do some, some, some dates here or there. I'd love to do like even a short residency in Vegas where I play my Whitney hits, Mariah, Aretha, all the hits we've had, and mix in some of my new stuff. I'd love that in, in, in Vegas, like what Carlos does. That'd be fun. And also maybe go to the UK and play a few places where they love me too in Japan. Yeah, I'd love to go out and play some nice things. Nothing is organized yet, but my, my desire is there. It's the great Narada Michael Walden's new album, Euphoria. The new single is The More I Love My Life, which is fantastic. Now on iTunes and all the major digital platforms. Thanks so much. It was great talking to you. Appreciate it and stay well, buddy. Brother Jim, I look forward to meeting you. Thank you for your love. Could Narada be any more inspiring when talking about working with Whitney Houston? That was just amazing. You can see why so many artists have wanted to work with him over the years. That finishes this episode of The Fake Show Podcast. I'm Jim Tofty. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com. But you won't